It's December 7th. That means it is Lagway Day. The Florida Gators are in on DJ Lagway, of course, the highly ranked quarterback out of Texas. And we're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country at SI.com. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to. Faster, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And for actually, first of all, sorry, before we even get into it, if you joined the Gator Collective Twitter space last night, thank you. It was awesome. Derek Wingo, Jonathan Odom, Austin Barber, all three were really cool. Jen, Bob Redman, awesome. I, I had a blast just, just being involved in it. It was really cool. Um, you can re-listen to it on their Twitter. Go to the Gator Collective Twitter, and, and it's up there. Um, but now, BJ Lagway. The Florida Gators are looking to make the biggest splash Billy Napier could have made for the 2024 class. DJ Lagway commits today, 4 p.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. Central, his time. So if you see a graphic that says 3 p.m., it's 3 p.m. Central it's 4 p.m. if you're on the East Coast. Uh, so DJ Lagway commits. Potentially program-altering quarterback. Depending on where you look, he's QB1. Depending on where you look, he's QB6. That's the ceiling and floor that I've seen on recruiting websites so far. So you're looking at a, at a potentially program-altering quarterback. Uh, he's, he's a dual-threat type that would be... I don't want to say a true test for Billy Napier, but I will say that, and we've had John Garcia on here to talk all the time about DJ Lagway, where you're getting a, a legitimate dual threat quarterback, an athlete that can throw the ball comfortably. We saw Anthony Richardson this year make, make the, he made progress. He took steps, but he never made the big leap that we were all hoping for. Hard to do that with, what, less than a year of work with a quarterback and a coach? I would be very interested to see what DJ Lagway and Billy Napier can do with three years together. You can, you can see so much development. Because, again, Anthony Richardson is still a very unfinished product, but he made progress. I don't care who you are, what you want to say about it. He made progress, and that's a fact. So, yeah. But DJ Lagway committing... I mean, I, the feel generally is USC, as in Southern California, not you, South Carolina, as much as you want to be, but USC and Florida. That, that's the feel publicly. I know that Baylor's in there, TCU's in there, Texas A&M's in there. There's a bunch of schools in there. But publicly, the feel is USC or Florida. I am feeling Florida. I And that's not me being, oh, because I'm a Gator 
person, so I want him to go to Florida. No, this should, I don't know what it is. I genuinely have no idea why, but I'm just like, this feels like Florida to me. I, I don't know what it is, but that that's how I feel. His presence in 2024 does impact 2023. Because if Florida's looking for receivers or looking for O-line or looking for anything, you're going to go, 2024, they got a nice kid coming in. So maybe you can impact 2023 with that. But the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to is this is the first full cycle that Billy Napier's had. 2023, he even got a late start on. 2024 is the first time where it's like, okay, there is no, you got a late start on it. This is 2024. You've got it all. And Florida could get off to a great start. You've already got a good start. You've got Chauncey Bowens. You've got Miles Graham. Imagine adding DJ Lagway to that. The biggest thing that I'm looking for is DJ Lagway said, hey, I'm committing on December 7th because I'm ready to start building my recruiting class he said i'm ready to start building my recruiting class he's stepping in and immediately taking a leadership role he is publicly saying hey i want to recruit kids to come play with me we saw when marcus stokes was a gator commit we saw him go oh come play wide receiver for the joker dj lagway significantly better quarterback I feel like he's not even going to have to publicly go, hey, come play wide receiver for DJ Lightway. He's going to just go slide into a DM and be like, hey, do you want to play with the best quarterback in the country for 2024? Because that that's who we're looking at. So you see that. Um, and, and I think that you've got to be like, hey, he's someone that we want. Talent-wise, he's phenomenal. There's no doubt about it. He can make all the throws that Billy will ask of him. He can run the ball as he pleases and make plays with his legs. He's going to be aided by a fantastic running game for, I mean, you've got to assume every year of his career, there's going to be something that Billy Napier, Rob Sale, if Rob Sale stays in Gainesville, not that there's any rumblings, but I'm not, I'm, we're talking about two years in the future from now. Um, so, so things should change, but one thing that won't is Billy Napier's philosophy is let's run that football. It's always going to be there. So DJ Lagway could be a massive ad for the program, legitimately program altering, because this is the thing where it's like, you've got your program QB. I think if you even get the commitment of DJ Lagway, you give yourself room until 2025. I, do, I think that right now, a lot of us are like, hey, if by the end of 2024, things aren't looking great, cut ties. Okay. Which is fair. But I think if you have DJ Lagway, whether or not he's a starter as a true freshman, you go, okay. But now we've got 2025 with DJ Lagway. So you've earned that. You've, you've earned a second year with a top five, sorry, top six quarterback. You've earned that. So I think for that, for Billy Napier, it's not a make or break thing. I hate when people are on Twitter just like, if Billy doesn't get DJ Lagway, he's screwed. It's over. No. No, look at all the top-ranked quarterbacks that transfer after a year or two. Like, like they could easily not pan out. That happens all the time, and it could happen with DJ Lagway if the if DJ Lagway commits to the Florida Gators. That could easily happen as well. But here's the thing: we're not going to go into it saying he's going to fail. I will, and I'm not going to go into it saying he's going to be phenomenal. I'm not going to be like, oh, DJ Lagway is going to be the Heisman, dude. No, you're not going to get that from me. What you will get is that 
if DJ Lagway commits to the Florida Gators, if DJ Lagway puts in the work, if Billy Napier is as good a quarterback developer as he thinks he is, and if he's not, if he gets someone that is, you're looking at a legitimately program-altering quarterback. That's big for you. And also, I said it with Marcus Stokes when he committed to Florida, and then we got receivers coming in and O-linemen coming in and all this stuff. I was like, I don't necessarily care if you work out if you're the reason that receivers commit to Florida, if you're the reason that offensive linemen commit to Florida. And when you're a five-star quarterback like DJ Lagway, if you're the reason that you can get defensive players to commit to you, then you are a program-altering quarterback and you did your job, whether or not you live up to the expectations, the unrealistic expectations that we will set on you. If you get the other guys to you, that's what matters. We're about to take a look at some transfer portal players that Florida is interested in, some that I don't know if they're interested in, but I hope they are. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by LinkedIn. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy for you to find the people that you want to interview faster and for free. And if you've never used LinkedIn Jobs before, I highly recommend it. Just, just saying, with simple tools like screening questions, it makes it easier for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and just the right experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. And every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. In this section, we're just talking about people that I know Florida is at least interested in. We'll see how much contact they've made. Uh, The first two, I know they've made contact with. The second two, I'm not sure if they made contact. I know there's a rumor they've made contact. I do believe they've made contact, but I don't know it for a fact. Uh, and then the second segment, we'll talk about people that I have no idea if they made contact with, but I want them in Gainesville. First up is Caleb Banks, Louisville defensive lineman. I know that a story came out yesterday. I think it was yesterday evening, might have been afternoon, whatever, where Caleb Banks said that he's planning on taking a visit to Florida. He's interested in being a Gator. Barely played at Louisville, but this season... 23 pass rush reps, okay? Not a lot at all. That's what a lot of guys get in a single game. Four pressures. That is a great clip. Like, that. that is a great ratio to get four pressures on 23 pass rush reps where, I don't even, let's see what that is. That is 17.4% of your pass rush reps. I'm cool with that. If you get pressure on 17% of your reps, I love it. So Caleb Banks is someone that Florida could look to add. He could play. His size gives him a little bit of a weird fit. I'm not sure if they'd be like, hey, uh, try to play the princely role maybe as as depth. I don't think that would be the case. He played weak side defensive end in high school. Uh, but he's 6'7", 265. That's kind of bigger than the Jack linebacker has been for Florida. That's about what you'd expect from Princely's range. Maybe he's actually heavier or lighter 
than it says, and maybe he plays more of a three-technique role. Maybe Princely takes a stand-up edge-rushing role next year at the Jack. I don't know what it is. I don't necessarily know where he fits. But what I do know is that Princely, I'll tell you this. I have a friend who works in NFL, the evaluating realm, and he, he told me one day, he's like, hey, man, like, Princely, you want Princely, he didn't say Uman Miela because he can't pronounce it. But he's like, Princely Uman Miela is the best defensive player on that team right now. Like, he's the best player on that defense. He could go to the NFL right now. Princely, I don't think he is. I don't think he's even considering it right now. I think he knows he's got a lot of room to grow still. But Caleb Banks, if you're rotating for a year, he's a freshman. So if you're rotating for a year as a backup and then maybe next year you're a starter, I think that's a good look for you in the SEC as well. So Caleb Banks is someone that Florida's looking at. They've offered, I believe, and he's probably and he's planning on taking a visit. Next up is a Johnny Cornelius, Rhode Island right tackle. Um, I know that on three has him listed as an interior offensive lineman, and I don't know if that's just like high school rankings are always screwy with whether you're a tackle or an interior offensive lineman. I don't know if that's on three saying, hey, yeah, he played right tackle at Rhode Island. But he'll probably be a guard at the next level, wherever it is at Power 5, Big 10, SEC, ACC, Big 12, Pac-12. Odds are he's going to be an interior offensive lineman. I don't know if that's what they're saying. Uh, I am curious to see, though, if he moved to interior offensive lineman, if he moved to guard or even center, maybe, um, which I don't expect center. I do think Kingsley Aguakin will be the starting center next year. Um and I do know that if Cyrus Torres is declared for the draft, there's an open guard spot. There's competition for it, obviously, but I don't know how much I think the Gators would need a Johnny Cornelius if he's planning on staying at tackle. As far as Austin Barber, he needs to be a starter next year. I don't necessarily care if you have my left tackle or right tackle. I think he'll be the starting left tackle, but he needs to be the starter. With Michael Tarquin, look, Michael Tarquin has his fair share of cons. Everybody does. They all have flaws. Michael Tarquin's biggest flaw is is penalties with false starts specifically, which is something that you could work on. Like, like you can improve that. So, yeah, false starts have been an issue, but Michael Tarquin is still someone that I'm like, yeah, I want you starting. Guess what? Right behind them, you've got Cameron Waits just waiting in the wings. I know some people want him to play guard. I think he plays tackle. He's massive. I think he plays tackle. I don't think you need to add a tackle that will have the expectation of starting. A Johnny Cornelius will have the expectation of starting immediately. I know Florida has offered him. I don't know if it's a great fit if he plans on staying at tackle. So that, that that's where I'm at with a Johnny Cornelius. It's just he, he's a great football player production-wise for a tackle. He's his PFF stuff looks like Osiris Torrance a little bit. So do with that with but do with that what you will, but if that's how you say it. Um but if he's got immediate plans of starting a right tackle, I don't think he's someone that is going to come to Florida. Whether or not he should or shouldn't, honestly I don't even care to have that discussion. Um if he plans on starting a right tackle, I don't think he's gonna come to Florida because there's three guys that are realistic starter options next year. One of them should be written in with tattoo ink, should be starting. Like, he should be the starting left tackle no matter what in Austin Barber. Um, also, I believe Richard Garage has a year of eligibility, although I think he's gone. 
two names here that I'm bunching them together because they're they play the same position. It's quarterbacks. It's Malik Hornsby from Arkansas. It's Keaton Slovis who is at USC and then Pitt. I haven't confirmed that Florida's contacted them. I've tried to confirm it. But I haven't confirmed. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if Florida at least reached out to both of them. Uh, both Malik Hornsby and Keaton Slovis. I know a report came out yesterday that Florida did make contact and is pushing for them. I don't doubt that they've made contact. I'm hesitant to believe that Florida's pushing for them. Not that that's a knock on them, but Malik Hornsby is a guy where he's a great athlete. I think he struggles as a passer in the limited snaps that we've seen from him. Um, so so there's that, uh, where Malik Hornsby, yeah, I, I think that he has had his fair share of struggles as a passer again in the limited snaps. The LSU game was ugly, but he, he made plays with his legs. That's great. Keaton Slovis is the better passer. But the thing that worries me about Keaton Slovis uh, is that since he left Pitt, since he announced that he's hitting the portal, a bunch of Pitt players have come out and bashed him. They've come out and been like, hey, he was a captain. He didn't earn it. He didn't deserve it. He was just given a captain spot, all this stuff. So I don't know if one, I don't know if I care for adding him just to add him to the quarterback room. Um, And two, I don't know if I want him near, you know, uh, Jaden Rashada in 2023 or near Jack Miller the third or near Max Brown where that kind of attitude is encouraged from the quarterback so I don't think I want him here let alone whether or not Florida really pushed for him I don't even know about to talk about some portal names that I don't know if Florida contacted them at all but I want Florida to contact them if they haven't so do it but first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Bet Online. The Florida Gators are currently 10.5-point underdogs against Oregon State in the Las Vegas Bowl on December 17th. I know I usually go, oh, but Florida's covered the spread every single time they were underdogs. I'm not going to say I'm banking on that one. I will say I don't know if I'm betting the spread either way because I don't know who Oregon State will have. Stuff could happen. So... I will say this, though. The over-under is 52.5. I have already bet an alt spread, an alt total of under 50.5. I think that there will be no shot they hit 50 unless Oregon State runs away with it or unless Florida, whoever starts a quarterback, ends up lighting it up. I don't think it'll happen, though. So BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Been very profitable for me lately. Thanks, Boyan, for yesterday. Appreciate you. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out BetOnline. It's where the game starts. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about some portal names that are in the portal that I want in Gainesville that I don't know if Florida contacted them. There are some guys that I want to be Gators that I know Florida has not yet contacted them. Uh, this, I don't know anything if Florida has contacted these guys. First up, Javion Cohen from Alabama. I know he's listed as a tackle on, on I forgot which site it was, but they're like, oh, this tackle. He's a guard. The dude played guard. Um, so he, he played guard at Bama. He has starter experience, starter quality player, could step in right away. And again, nobody, 
nobody is going to be able to step in and replace Osiris Torrance. Osiris Torrance is the best guard in the nation. You're not just going to add that and replace that every year. You can't do it. But JV and Cohen in 2021 allowed 34 pressures as a guard. In 2022, he allowed six pressures. That's really freaking good. <laughs> like I, I don't know how else to put it other than that's really freaking good for Javian Cohen. He missed a couple games. Uh, he missed a couple games. There was a, a time where he was not starting, but still playing significant snaps. But I think on if you gave him the same number of snaps from 2021 to 2022, I think he allowed like 10 pressures, which is still three times better than you were in 2021. That's significant improvement. Plus also you can always use veteran leadership, especially on the offensive line, add in an SEC player on the offensive line, an SEC starter, an Alabama starter. This isn't an SEC starter. This is like, oh, Missouri starter. No, this is Alabama. You could add a player there that you know is interested. He has to be. He has to be interested in being here. So, JV and Cohen, come on over. I would love it if you're a Gator. Defensive side of the ball for the final two. Also, probably names you, you don't really know. They're not heard of names, really. But first up is linebacker Justin Wright from Tulsa. First off, this dude is a tackling machine um i'm I'm gonna pull up his numbers because i need to i need to tell you how many tackles he had this season because i looked at it and i was like what in the world uh so this season he had 106 tackles great numbers by the way 106 tackles in his career which is five years by the way he has one year of eligibility remaining but in five years including that one covid shortened season He's had 253 tackles. I apologize if that's off. That's math in my head. Uh, 253 tackles. He's had two picks this season. He had two picks prior to this season. Two passes broken up. A lot of just a 64.5 passer rating this year. Numbers say this guy belongs in the next level. He's looking to take that next step. Gainesville should be where he does it. There's an immediate starting opportunity for him. Nothing will be handed out, obviously, with Florida, but there's an opportunity to compete for that. I do think you need to add people in the portal. I want specifically a veteran linebacker to add in the portal, just in case, just in case Shamar isn't ready to be a full-time starter, just in case Wingo or Scooby aren't ready to be full-time starters. And again, even if they are, then congrats. They start and Justin writes a backup. You don't promise a starting role to anybody unless it's a bona fide superstar, not a guy coming from the G5 up to the P5. Like, I want Antonio Greer. I want Justin Wright. If it means guaranteeing them a starting spot, I don't. But also, the thing that intrigued me the most with Justin Wright, he's an off-ball linebacker. Off-ball. That means he plays the same linebacker spot as Ventrell and Amari Bernie. I know that a lot of, for some reason, Gators fans like going, oh, Brenton Cox is a linebacker. It's like he's an edge rusher, not a linebacker. This linebacker, Justin Wright, had 22 pressures this season. 22 pressures this season from an off-ball linebacker, but he only rushed 88 times with that. He only blitzed 88 times. He got a pressure one out of every four pass rush opportunities. 25% is phenomenal. I will take that 
every single day of the week. And also compared to other Gators off-ball linebackers rushing the passer, you have, I mean, Amari Bernie had 61 pass rush reps. He had 12 pressures. Van Tremeler had 45 pass rush reps and 16 pressures. Imagine having someone that will be much more productive on a per-snap basis uh, than at least Amari Bernie, not so much Ventrell Miller, who Ventrell does have a higher ratio. Ventrell gets pressure every three reps. But still, the point remains, you get a tackle machine that's been incredibly productive as a pass rusher, hasn't been a liability in coverage. What's not to like, right? And then also Andre Carter from Western Michigan, defensive lineman. He could play multiple spots along that defensive line. Pressure cooker, baby. 53 pressures this season. Also, as you can see above me right there, right there, yep. That's a Toledo helmet. I went to Toledo. You can see it on the arm. I got the tag. It's covered by the overlay. Whatever. You can see it on the arm that I have the Toledo tattoo. Uh, Andre Carter had 14 pressures against Toledo this week, this year. That really sucked to watch. There were two people, by the way, who had pressures in the teens against Toledo, uh, which usually has a good offensive line. So that really sucked. Andre Carter just flashes as a run defender. Nothing great. But also with Andre Carter. They played against Pitt and Michigan State this year. So, not a huge sample size, just two games, but in those two games, he played well. Given the opportunity against Power 5 programs, I'm cool seeing him play more than I did the same thing with Osiris last year. I was like, look, Osiris Torrance, what did you do against Texas? That was the Power 5 program you played to start the year. I was like, okay, let's carry that over to the SEC and see if you can do it. He got better, by the way. Andre Carter, I'm not expecting to see an Osiris Torrance climb in terms of talent from G5 to P5, but I would love to see Andre Carter out there playing for the Gators. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators, and hopefully we'll have DJ Lagway as a Florida Gator, which, by the way, if DJ Lagway commits, I'll be going live tonight. Obviously, tomorrow we got John Garcia joining the show. For your second listen, check out Locked On SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com, and I'll see you all tomorrow.